Welcome to the Talks at Google podcast, where great minds meet. Once again, I'm Alan, bringing you this week's episode of the podcast. Talks at Google brings the world's most influential thinkers, creators, makers, and doers all to one place. Every episode of this podcast is taken from a video that can be seen at youtube.com slash talks at Google. This episode features an incredibly inspirational talk with writer, director, producer, and actor Tyler Perry discussing his movie A Medea Family Funeral, which hit theaters back on March 1st, 2019. A joyous family reunion becomes a hilarious nightmare as Medea and the crew travel to Backwoods, Georgia, where they find themselves unexpectedly planning a funeral that might unveil unsavory family secrets. Moderated by Diara and Ken from the DK4L YouTube channel, here is Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sing it. Praise God. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? You sound beautiful, guys. Hey, man. What's up, Ken? What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, so we're going to just jump right into it. Okay. Why Medea? Right? I think everybody wants to know. I know when I seen it, I was a little heartbroken. My mama called me crying. I told her I was going, you know, we were going to come down to Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta, and we were going to have to have a conversation. About you know, about her dying? About her leaving. About leaving. She's not dying. She's not dying. She's, so, she's, well, she's, she's dying in our hearts. No, she's not dying. She's gonna live on in your heart. See Tyler. She's gonna be in your heart, man. Hell. <laughs> we just wanna know, uh, you know why? What made you decide to lay her to rest? Cause how old are you? I'm twenty-four. See. You, you, when I was twenty-four, man, she was gonna live forever. I'm turning fifty this year and I'm I'm like, uh, it's time for her to yeah. I don't wanna be this old broad's age playing her. So so it's just it's just time. And it's been a good run. It's been a franchise that's done a multi-billion dollar uh, franchise for you know, been really good for the company, been really good for myself, and it's just time. I wanna do other things. Great. Beautiful. So at any point do you have second thoughts of like not killing her? No, I like... won't kill her because they'll kill me. <laughs> I have second thoughts all the time because we're on tour right now with the farewell tour mm-hmm. and we we're 34 shows in of 140 something shows. Wow. And these 34 shows have all been sold out. Wow. And I had second thoughts. The Saturday night, um, 10,000 people showed up at the Kodak, at the Dolby Theater in LA. And in the audience is Jay Z and Beyonce. What? So I sure have second thoughts when Queen B sitting out there going, <laughs> Wait, imagine. she came to see Medea? Medea was like, Yes, she did. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. So. Everybody that knows Tyler Perry is an extremely hard worker, extremely hard worker. Yes, definitely. A Medea family funeral was shot two years ago. Yeah. Comes out March 1st. I see the look on your face. I'm about as <laughs> surprised as you are. I'm surprised. So want to give a little in look or outlook into your creative process because yeah. we had a chance to be on set with you for That's right. Boo 2. That's and, right. Uh, you work extremely fast. You're really a very fast. nice person, but you work extremely fast. Thank you, you for saying I'm move. nice because you know I'm going to tell you, when I put that costume on, I'm, I'm trying to direct. I'm not nice. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. I, I'm, not, I'm like, get the damn camera in the right place. Shit, so I can go take this shit off. Yes. Excuse we just me. want to know where that me, comes from. Like where's that creative part? Not even just the hard work, but the, the timely manner, mm-hmm. the dedication to shoot this movie in a record-breaking amount of days. Well, the reason it was it was set for two years, set in the camp for two years, is because we did uh, we had just finished Boo Two, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to go Boo Boo Two and Medea Funeral, so I put Acrimony in the middle. Nobody's fool, and now I was ready to release it. But but 
the speed of it is you ever look at somebody working and you go, this doesn't make sense. Like a lot of times I'm, I've, I've seen other people shoot movies and uh, how much time it takes the downtime. I've seen a guy, I was on set for this one movie. It wasn't my movie. And I got there, they called me at like six in the morning uh, to come and shoot. Uh, the, by, by noon, I still hadn't shot anything. By like three o'clock, I'm sitting in the trailer like, okay, what the hell's going on here? So I go out and the director comes to set and he goes, I don't like it, change all the lights after I had been sitting there for like 12 hours. That wasn't a good day for him. So, Cause I'm thinking, why didn't the director show up early that morning, get it set, get what he needed, make sure it was right, then and not waste everybody's time. I'm, I'm all about efficiency and I'm all about, uh, I have a great team so we all move quickly. We have a shorthand so it doesn't, like, like we sh the have and have nots, we shoot an episode and a half in a day. If that were like, let's say, Scandal or Empire, it takes them a week and a half to shoot, a week and a half or seven to ten days to shoot one episode. I just, I, I, I just gotta, I like to move. And as long as the actors can keep up, you know, it's a great thing. And y'all kept up. Y'all kept up. <laughs> luckily, luckily. Um, I was talking to him about these holes in his jeans. <laughs> I said, it's a bold man that's gonna wear holes in his jeans in the wintertime because my, my knees would be completely white, just ashy. <laughs> I guess I'm a lucky one. Yeah, okay. I'm a lucky or, or one. You got some good lotion is what it is. <laughs> so I want to ask, Medea um, came out so long ago. Yeah. At what point, I guess long ago, that you decided Medea is going to be Medea? But not only that, I'm going to play Medea. Uh, two things happened. Uh, you know, I, I just did this op-ed piece for the New York Times where I talked about, they were asking me questions about, like, how did this start? And, I, and I, it hit me. My mother used to take me to the projects with her to play cards on the uh, weekends. And all these women would sit around playing cards. Now, these weren't your Sunday morning proper bridge ladies playing bridge. These were cussing, spitting, smoking, talking, trash, strong black women. And they would sit around making all these jokes and laughing. But the minute they started talking about relationships, it was it, the whole room would get quiet. So I remembered as a kid when my mother would be going through things, I would imitate those women to make her laugh. So here I am all these years later being able to do this. I didn't know that that was like a master class for me as a little boy to be able to do this. But but where she started was uh, my in that moment. But I had a show in, uh, in 2000 at the theater in Chicago, the 79th and Stony Island, the Regal Theater. And this particular actress that I had been promoting was going to be there. She had a hit song on the radio. She was huge at the time. She didn't show up. So Medea was only supposed to be on stage for five minutes after I seen Eddie Murphy do the clumps. I was doing two different characters in the play. But when she didn't show up, I had to say all of her lines and Medea's lines and the audience went crazy. And that's where it started. You were you were two, but that's where it started. That was where it started. Wow. Wow. So my question is for the Medea um, funeral, was your whole thought behind this movie and coming out with this movie and it being the last movie that Medea would be in, was it like a trick to get people to think like, hey, she's going to be dead? Because we saw the movie yesterday, but before we watched the movie, we thought like she's going to die. And da -da -da -da. Yeah. I can't kill her. No, it's like, it would be like <laughs> killing a family member. Like it's a family member to so many people. So no, I, I, I didn't want to kill her, but I, I, didn't think, I didn't know the funeral was going to be the last one. I just made a decision after... You know all of this and and doing the final tour. It's like you know this is a good time to to put it to bed because part of the part of the the franchise and everything. What I was trying to do is get to the studio down in Atlanta, which is if you haven't seen it, it's three hundred thirty acres, twelve sound stages. Uh, Black Panther reshoots were done there. Um, the first man was shot there. Rampage was shot there. Walking Dead was shot there. So it's got all these things were shot at the studio. But but that was that was the goal. 
So all of these franchises, everything that I was doing, I was working toward a goal. 275,000 cars came through the gate since I've opened, working toward a goal. So now that the goal has been achieved, now I feel like I've, I've met that level. Now I'm free to just do what I want to do. <laughs> That's good. Clap it up. Meet the goal. Meet the goal. So we noticed that you start incorporating influencers yeah. into mm-hmm. your movies and your like films. Like YouTube, yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> Thank us. you for so, the opportunity. No, no please. Come on. At what point did you decide, hey, these influencers are funny, and you decided not to go with a traditional actor? So what it's, has been like the best and the worst part of making that kind of decision? Or like well, what was your you and your team's decision to put influencers in your content? I just, you know, people are, are used to, you know, the way you got things in the past would just you had to go to audition and be in the casting mm-hmm, director. Mm-hmm. You had to figure out. Now it's like you go on the internet and you <laughs> see somebody and like, whoa, this person funny. I need to know this person. Like uh, blame it on Quay, Quay uh-huh. Rogers. Yeah, he's, yeah. In, he's on tour with me right now. That dude is stupid funny. Yes. You guys, I was just yes. like, I got to... Because because I do realize getting closer to fifty, you start to age out. The character starts to age out, so you you have to spice it up, you know. And you guys are a whole another generation and doing something differently. So I wanted to give you a shot because maybe you, somebody would see something I'm doing and realize they can do it too, but yes. do it better on another yes. level. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So has it been proven beneficial having influencers? Oh no, in it's your been films? great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially it, well, it started with the Boo films, but uh-huh. absolutely, yeah, it's been definitely been beneficial. Yeah, y'all people, y'all y'all people buy uh, tickets too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 they do. Yeah. Buy tickets. So, they are um, consumers. Has it been tough working with someone who's not? When y'all getting like married? You? I'm sorry, that was the left field. Ooh, sorry. Okay. Accent. Okay, got I mean, it. All right. I feel like <laughs> he just wanted like to crawl up in this casket. Just did. He just wanted. He just wanted to get up and do. Don't do that to me. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. But um, so normally. <laughs> man, down, man down. Man down. Man down. Man down. Man down. Whew. All right, okay. we're good. So, um, as an influencer, normally when we talk to like the casting directors, mm-hmm. a lot of them feel as though influencers don't have the experience that a traditional that, actor. That's true. Person, a person who's practiced that's whatnot. True. So, have you faced, I guess, working with an influencer, and you're like, hold on, this guy. You could just pretty much tell that this person doesn't have the practice or the necessity needs. Well, that, exactly, exactly right. But what it is for me is like there are a lot of people that I've worked with that are first timers. So not just influencers, but that's their first time. Um, that they auditioned, did a great job, or they'd be like, you know, I really want to act, can I, and, and I'll give them a shot. So so my my studio and what I've done has always been a training ground for a lot of people. So I, I don't mind that. I don't mind being in a situation where I can instruct and train as long as the right disciplines are there. If, you, if, you, if you're open to learning and not just thinking, okay, it's, this is just, just what it is, you know, I'm, I'm going to just do this my way. If you're not open to learning, then it's going to be a problem. But everybody that I've worked with has been open to learning, so, yeah. Don't let them tell you that. Yeah, you, you tell them you've been on, you've been in the movie. You know what to do. Oh right. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's my. Yeah. So when yeah. people ask Absolutely. who are you, I'm like I'm an actor. That's right. Own it. Own it. <laughs> That's right. So we want to talk a little bit about your work ethic. Yeah. Because not only are you on tour, you're doing like the whole press thing for Medea Family. It's so Zero. funny. I'm gonna tell them. I, <laughs> when I walked in, I didn't even recognize them. I'm, I'm just. Listen, I left the Oscars uh, Sunday and went to the parties. Got on the plane, landed here, had to get dressed to go to the premiere, and had a few hours of sleep last night. And I'm trying to figure out my name right about now, but yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's but it's but it's worth it. It's, it's fun. It's hilarious. We're in the back, and uh, the guy asked him, you know, where were you, where was the last city you were in? He didn't know. Somebody <laughs> else answered for him. Oh, you were in L.A. He was like, yeah, L.A. Yeah, and I'm not crazy. I'm not slipping. It's just. 
being on tour, and listen, I'm on stage some nights, and they have to give me a note saying, okay, this is where you are, because it's like city to city, place to place, and these arenas and theaters, they all start to look alike, so, yeah. Always working, that's, that's good. And but work ethic, you asked about work absolutely. ethic. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely want to know where that comes from, because as an influencer, a YouTuber, we see a lot of people reach a certain level of success and kind of go mm -hmm. stagnant, yeah. become inconsistent, start working as hard as they did, yeah. trying to reach a certain goal. But you, it just seems like with Medea, the family funeral, the yeah. tour, you just seem to keep moving, not, keep those, moving. Those people are hungry, man. And when you're hungry, you 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 keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. And and what what is it went from me wanting to do well enough to take care of my mother to then realizing that all of these people are, are depending on me to realizing that, wait, now you've got an opportunity to lift and share and show other people the way. So mm -hmm. I, I've always got a motivation. As long as something's in front of me, I'll, I'll work hard. But you know, when you have a four-year-old, he'll slow all that down. Be like, hey, I'm over here. Come get <laughs> I need some attention. So, yeah. So I'm going to go back to the, um, about the, the character Medea. And mm -hmm. I know that you don't, you also play other characters like Joe. So I want to ask, like, is he going away? No. <laughs> no, nobody's asked that. I think Joe and Heathrow, see, Brian is such a square, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Joe and Heathrow, Heathrow's in a wheelchair. He speaks with the um, the mic. Yeah. he's funny. And uh, he says he was a war hero, and and you know he lost his legs and lungs from being in war. All lies. He bought all his medals at Walmart. I mean, and just he just so. But they're going to take him on a road trip to Vegas, kind of like the Hangover. Oh, yeah, and, get, and get him in trouble. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay then. <laughs> wow, I guess that pretty much answered my next question. I just kind of figured what. What were you planning to do next with, as I guess, a particular character? And mm -hmm. I guess he throws going to Vegas. Yeah. And, and Medea's not going. But here's what I'm going to do with that. I'm thinking of going to back to the 70s and telling the story of a young Medea and a young Joe and a young Brian, but with a real actress <laughs> you know, playing the role real and real, uh, real other people playing all the other roles in those ages. So kind of like a Foxy Brown kind of thing. So wow. that should be So Medea will resurface. <laughs> yes, with another, with with another, another person. Actor, a, yeah, younger, right. sure. a younger Medea. Younger Medea, yeah. So what wow. will be you? Got yeah, it. Cool. yeah. Got it. But you're still going to play Joe? Heath no, no, no. Those yeah. are all other actors. Oh. Yeah, younger people. They're like in their 20s. I can't, as good looking as I am, I can't play in my 20s anymore. <laughs> you do look good. I cannot play good. in my well, 20s yeah. anymore. People don't believe it. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. That's going to be dope. I'm yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so I guess one of my final questions is, how do you want Medea to be remembered? I guess with this being her last film, a lot of funny jokes. <laughs> I know Medea very well. A lot of crazy things she said. A lot of inspirational things she yeah. said in a very messed up way. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things have been inspirational. So how do you just want her to be remembered? On that's a, on that's a the most scale. When you when when I look back at the body of work, when I look at all of it, I realized like the first few movies when I was talking about abuse and uh, getting over things and bad marriages, I was actually subconsciously talking to my mother um, in my writing, and I didn't get it until I looked back on it. But what I want her to be remembered as is, is this grandmother that made you laugh, have a good time, you know, forget about the man in the dress, but just somebody who spoke wisdoms, made people feel good, and made things lighter and their life a little bit better. So that's my hope in it. That's my hope in it, for, for, right. for sure. Okay, cool. And my last question was, well, you kind of already answered, but, like, what is next for you? <laughs> uh, after the snap? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, after the nap. Yeah. I, you know, again, right now it's about legacy. It's about what am I leaving behind. Mm -hmm. It's about the studio. It's about my son. It's about... What is the legacy? How many doors? How wide can I hold this door open? Because I'm looking at what's happening in Hollywood right now, and everybody's like, oh, my God, diversity is so amazing and straight. It's like, tolerance, you think it's wonderful. But the truth is, I was doing diversity before diversity was cool. Right, I agree. 
I was I was on you know hiring people like Idris Elba and Viola Davis and Sofia Vergara and Kerry Washington to Roger Pienz and these these people couldn't get work. So now to look at what's happening here, I don't want people to forget that there was a fight from from many many years to get to where we are now. We still have a long way to go, but I'm seeing uh, the nucleus of of a brilliant time where all stories are being able to be told. And the beauty of that is I realize that my criticism is a lot less because everybody gets a chance to tell their stories now. When you're the only black person out there telling this kind of your stories, oh, you got black people going, what the hell? Well, that's not me. That's not represent black people, but it represents the black people I know, right? Mm -hmm. So now uh, to see Issa Rae and Donald Glover and uh, you know Ryan Coogler and all these people get to tell their stories, I'm just, I'm in heaven. So I just want to keep holding the door open as wide as I can. Great. Yeah. So uh, we're going to open it up to the audience. You guys have any questions about Medea, Medea's family funeral, anything of the matter, anything? Hey. Uh, hey, Tyler, Latoya Drake. I um, work here at Google. I grew up in Georgia, um, so shout out to the state. It's really encouraging to see everything that you've done with the studio, all the economic prosperity you've brought to the state. Um, after the, the gubernatorial election, there was talk of Hollywood pulling its dollars as a reaction to Brian Kemp winning. Wondering if what crossed your mind, if that was something you considered or how you felt you needed to react to that, to that move to take our dollars away. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, listen, I'm glad people didn't because it's so important for so many people that are working there and I fought so hard to have the tax credit and everything else and I, and I hate when politics start to dictate what happens in the state because there's so many good people there. There's so many people who have never had an opportunity in the business. Um, the, the great thing about of what is happening now as I'm watching Stacy and her fight and what recently happened in North Carolina with the new election. As long as Stacy keeps up her fight, I'm on her side, I'm right there in a the corner so that there can be a fair and balanced moment in all of this for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, uh, <laughs> thank you for coming. Um, you've, you wear a lot of hats. You're like director and writer and producer. In a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Is there anything, maybe inside or outside of show business, that you want to do that you haven't done yet? No. The great thing about it is I've been fortunate enough to, because uh, if I wasn't in the business, I'd be an architect. I love designing. So I've been fortunate enough to be able to design the studio, design my house, design different places. That's what I'd be doing. I would, would be doing. So it's awesome to be in a position where one thing can afford you to do everything else you want to do. And I also, this was, this was a, re a really, really, really big dream of mine. But um, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to get a chance to do it because I'm, I'm older now. But I want to win a gold medal in the Olympics as a gymnast. I'm kidding. You're this close. Yeah, this close. This close. This close. Thanks for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, so looking at your career, one of the most amazing things about it, about it is really the way that you've tapped into your imagination to unlock all these different possibilities. And it's a powerful thing that I think not enough people uh, spend time doing. And so thinking about your career just as an actor and then stage and then film and then for most actors, the big step is going behind the camera and you're like, screw that, I'm gonna get a studio, <laughs> right? And then have Marvel and partner with Marvel and all these other uh, companies. And so for me, I'm just curious about your process for unlocking your imagination and then uh, perceiving things or, or trying to achieve things that would seem, you know, monumental. Here, here, here's the thing for me. I was praying one day and I said, God, I don't want to leave this planet until I've done everything 
I'm supposed to do. And this studio, this level of the studio, the one I had before this was about 30 acres, uh, six sound stages. I was comfortable, man. I was so happy there. Everything's good. I was shooting all the have and have nots. I'm like, yes, this is it. But then I got that nudge that it's time to grow. It's time to move. And you got to be careful when you get comfortable in a situation because there's things will start to fall apart if you don't move. This is what I found just in my prayer life that when things, when I'm getting hits to like move, if I don't, things start to fall apart. So I move into this new studio. I didn't want to, but now looking back at it three years into it now, I go, okay, this was beyond me. It's bigger than me. So you have to understand that when you get the opportunities, you, they're not just for you. Sometimes what's happening for you is for the next person and the next person and the next person. And your example can change their lives. So holding that in the front of my mind has been has been so important every time I get ready to go. Because I've gotten to a place in my life like, look, turn to 50. I just want to go sit on a beach and smoke some weed, right? <laughs> but but now and it's truth, truth. But you're too young to do that, son. But 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 but, but the the truth is, making sure that I'm being faithful and loyal to everything that I'm supposed to do, because a lot of times your visions are tied into the next person's. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being with us. That was here. my pleasure. Uh, I have two questions. You mentioned the speed of your work and how fast you get things done. Did that affect the quality of the and the production in any department? Mm -hmm. Second question is, I'm a YouTube musician, and we've seen you before work with YouTube influencers, uh, and I've been humbled uh, getting noticed by the great Quincy Jones and Sia. Do you have any plans in the future working with YouTube musicians as well? Working with, I'm sorry, what's the last part? YouTube musicians. Oh, wow. That Not was, just that, influencers, that musicians was, that, as well. That, that would be incredible. Let me answer the first part of your question. Um, you look at it, you tell me. If I'm, if I'm, I, I look at my movie and I compare it to other movies like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think nothing's suffering. There's no quality of suffering. They're, they look beautiful. The sound is beautiful. Lighting is beautiful. It's compared to everything else in that space. Now, if I was making Schindler's List, then we have to have a conversation because I can't do that in five days. There's a, there's a process there. And if I was if I was working with a cinematographer who wanted the sun to fall just perfectly over her beautiful hair and lashes, and it has to, we have to shoot this scene on Thursday at four thirty six in the evening, not a second later, then it would be a different thing. Yeah. This is Medea, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I take it for what it's for what it is. But no, I, I wrote a piece that I wanted to play, I wrote it in 1995, it's called A Jazz Man's Blues. It's about a jazz singer and a Holocaust survivor, big band music. And I, I wanted to play the role, but I've, I've aged out of it now, so I have to hire somebody else to play the role. But as I'm thinking about big band and jazz, I'll start looking at you two musicians, that musicians. Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be really good to think about, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Hi, my name is Shayla Bird. I am actually the only full-time black writer here at Google New York. And so I took this job because I'm really into writing, but as I've been working here, there's so many things that, um, like logistical things and meeting and strategy and all these other things that kind of come along with it. So I look to you as someone who created this amazing character, who created this like cultural phenomenon. And I'm wondering how do you um, like structure your life or make sure that you're able to hold on to the, the creative things that you that you enjoy while also like running your business and like, you, how yeah. do you hold on to you the have, You have to nurture the both. Like for me, I have to make space for them. I have to make, like when I write, I have to go to a certain place 
write about, then let the writer speak. Let the writer feel free. Let the writer do what he wants to do. That's the one who wants to smoke weed. My business guy doesn't smoke weed. <laughs> but the writer, the writer, that guy, let him be. So I, it, you compartmentalize. Like for me, my brain has, I want all sides of it to work. So this, this moment, I'm going to just write. I'm going to take this time and I'm just going to write. That's all I'm going to do. Then when I'm directing, I just want to direct. And when I'm running business or signing you know, monthly checks, that's where my focus is. So make, uh, for what I would suggest is that you make sure that the writer has its space, its time, and it protect, protect her so that she can be as creative as she wants to be, however she wants to be, and, and give, allow her that space. Like, this is time for this specifically, period. And then let the business side of it be that. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Thank okay. you. Hi. Um, I'm Yasani. I work here at Google. Thank you so much for coming to oh, it's us. It's my pleasure. Um, Everybody work at Google? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I recently saw Boo with 20 of my cousins. Um, I, I just told them that I met you, so they're all going crazy. That's awesome. Uh, Latin audiences love you. Um, my question is, um, for people that are looking to get into the space uh, production, content production, how, what would be the simplest advice, piece of advice that you would give to someone wanting to get into the space? Um, thinking about all of the areas that are disrupting the space, right? You have technology, you have creators, YouTube creators, you have so many Hollywood actors that are already in the space and so many production companies. What would be the one piece of advice that you would give to someone? Tell me what space you're talking about. Entertainment? So uh, creating, show business? Cr oh. making a movie, for example. Making it, yeah, listen, with t technology today, you can take an iPhone and make a great movie. So I I, I think everything is so open now. It, it's, it's such a great time for for creators or content creators, for artists, just whatever your uniqueness is. If you have a story that you think is so special, listen, my first play, I put every dime I had in it to make it work. And I think now with all of these platforms that you can you can place them on, you're, you're exposing your talent to millions and millions of people. And I think that's the best way in. That's the best way in to invest in yourself, show something different, something unique, and make people go, Wow, what is that? End up with seven and a half million followers just you know looking at what you want, what you're doing from day to day. So that's the that's the way in. It's a whole new world world now. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, for sure. Thank you. To all twenty cousins, I said hi. Okay. Uh, hey, I'm Omar. I'm a high schooler and I'm a YouTuber. So I was just wondering, like, if you had any piece of advice that you wish you knew when you were in high school, like uh, trying to become a filmmaker and trying to like become an actor. You know what I wish I would have done? I wish I would have took more time. Uh, uh, and uh, okay, I know you're in school. I shouldn't say this to you, but the algebra you're probably not going to use very much unless you're going. <laughs> but but just I, I wish that I had done better in school and went on to college because I paid for a Harvard education 50 times and all the mistakes that I've made. So I didn't realize that everything that I was learning in school in high school would have been so important now. So what I would say to you is. The education is going to be key, man. Go on to college to get every bit of knowledge you can so that you don't end up like me spending that kind of money two, three, four, five times on things that you could have learned by going to school for a few semesters, you know? So, and and because you're here, which tells me you're pretty smart. So I would hold on to that. Just stay in, stay in school, get as much knowledge as you can. So when you take, when you go on out there to do whatever you're doing, it's going to, that, that bit of education will help you, take you a long way. I know it sounds cliche, but true. So true. Thank you. But the algebra ain't going to help you much unless you just, yeah. Hey, Tyler, Jose, nice to meet you. Hey, Jose. Uh, you talked a little bit about legacy, and you know, you've had the privilege of seeing your success 
uh, get you to a platform where now you can think back yeah. um, and think about legacy. So my question is kind of multifold, but when you look back and you think about your mentors and each stage that you were in, were, there, were the mentors the same? Did they change at all? Um, and when you think about where you are now, who are your mentors and who are you pouring into as a mentor? Wow. Um, yeah, mentors, that's a great question. My, my mentors, all of a sudden I feel like I'm running for president. Yeah, it was a great question from Jose. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to talk to all the men and women of America and your, yeah, but my mentors coming up were Oprah and uh, people, people like, like her, Maya Angelou, just the wisdoms. I loved wisdoms and uh, uh, Nelson Mandela. And getting a chance to meet those people and and see them and and hear them talk about how I, ins I inspired them it was really mind blowing for me right so and you know Maya's passed on and and uh, uh, Nelson's passed on Oprah's still here thank and and thank God and um, <laughs> wait did something happen y'all ain't tell me no no she's fine no she's fine I just talked to her a little while ago um, the the um, uh, now. She's still a mentor. T.D. Jakes is a mentor. You know, spiritual spiritual growth is so important to me. So all of these people who have wisdoms, just bring me wisdoms. And I'm, I, what I'm trying to do at this point in my life is be more open to other people just to see, to be be open enough to understand that there are so many other people who have something to bring. And everybody teaches you something in this life. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody you come in contact with can teach you something, one way or another, good or bad. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't believe that anybody shows up in your life that is not supposed to be there. Either it's to, to press you to make you stronger or better, or to depress you. But whatever it is, it's going to make you better. So what I'll say to you, my, uh, Mike just went out there reminding me of the Oscars. Is it time for me to go? They're about to start playing the music. No, so what I would say to you is that those those people are, in, and as far as mentoring, you see, you see that kid back there on the cam, camera there? Um, he's he's one of them. Um, that's, and there are tons of people at the studio who are young and fresh and excited and who never uh, had the opportunity before. And, and they're, they're walking through those gates going, a black man owns this? What? And for, for them, it's like, what it would have been like for me walking into somebody else's space going, wow, let, letting them know that anything's possible. I mean, this army base was once a Confederate army base to be owned by a black man. You know, it's, it's, it's shocking to like. So I think all of that speaks to mentoring. So, okay, thank you. thank you. Hello, my name is Angela. Hey, Angela, um, how you doing? And I've actually been to, since everybody's saying their connection, I went to Tally Perry Studios in 2012 for the Obama. Obama, yeah. Um, that was before I worked at Google, and so I scraped all my change together to get well, there, but it was a great experience. So I love I'll how say, she said it was before I worked at Google, because now I'm at Google, I got a little money. I could go down there. I made it a little bit further, yeah. um, but that was a great experience. Um, but I'd love for you to speak more about your early days and talk about more of uh, the communities and uh, really churches and groups that supported your early work. Yeah. Um, you know, the circuit that you were running and you were writing the plays and, yeah. and performing them. Uh, where really, you know, local communities and, right. you know, church, churches who, yeah. who thought it was funny. So I'd love to hear you just talk more about that experience and what it was like getting the word out among that community and then how you're also remembering those communities that supported you in those days and what you're doing with them. Let, let's start Let's start with community because you talk about being there in 2012. That was the old studio. That you got to see the new one. Oof. Oh. But, um, but, <laughs> but I'll never forget that. You talk about how I'm supporting community by just building in the community because it's in one of the poorest areas in Atlanta. Uh, the median income is about $25,000 a year. Nobody really owns their house. When the when the army base closed in 2011, 2011, it left the place decimated. 
So to build in that area is so powerful for to build among black people, the ones that supported me, the ones that put me here, so powerful. I'll never forget that day when, when President Obama came. He was a sitting president coming to the poorest part of Atlanta. The motorcade comes down the street, and I'm looking at all these little black faces holding these flags, these kids waving. And I'm just thinking, they never would have seen this had I not put this studio right here. So building in community and hiring from the community has been so important to us, pulling people in so that they know and, and take pride. And I'll never forget, I was um, coming to work one day, and this woman was out um, picking up trash in the in the grass and I stopped I said hi you need a job um you know we're hot she said no no I work for the federal government I'm good I'm like <laughs> oh you're just picking up the trash she said yeah yeah because you're in the neighborhood and you did a beautiful job here and we want you to know how thankful we are that you're here with us so it's those kind of moments that let me know I'm in the right place and going back to the beginning and doing these plays you know Back in when I started, there was a Mama on the Couch play everywhere. You know, that's what we call it, Mama on the Couch. <laughs> Mama, my man left me. Mama, Jesus is real. Mama, where is my shoes? You know, just so I started putting my name on it in front of it. And I, Tyler Perry's, I went a little far with it, but it was Tyler Perry's, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry. And the audience started to recognize it and they started to identify that when you see his, it's going to be more than a piece of plywood on the stage, because when they demand these shows, there was a sofa, a piece of plywood, you, some of y'all been to them, yeah. and a couple of uh, and a couple of speakers from your mama house trying to do the sound in the, yes. in the theater. But uh, trying to raise that and elevate it was really important to me. So to see how far it's, it's come now, and even this show that I'm doing now, this farewell tour, it's been uh, just phenomenal to see this, the audience and the, their reaction to how far I've come. Um, but Going through those times was very, very difficult. There was no social media. It was um, just word of mouth. And if you got, the, what I did was I hired the most, kind of what, what we're doing with influencers now, just hired the most popular people in their churches in their time or have these popular DJs or their cities to come, uh, from their cities to come and show up and help promote. And it all worked. Just to be at this place, it's, uh, it's, beyond, it's beyond moving. So I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. Okay, Thank great. You. Awesome. Tyler, this is an honor. Chris Clark uh, here at Google as well. My mom uh, has caused many fights with my dad over you. So oh, Lord. Meeting, meeting you right now is, uh, is an honor for her. I appreciate it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, my brother, I'm, I'm curious for your legacy. You talk about you know, all the work that you've done with your studio and the community in Atlanta. Amazing work. I think about the work that you do uh, as being inspirational, not just for the people that you employ, but for the people that watch your your performances, your, your, your characters that you create. Are there any characters that you want to create, characters you have not created yet, or characters that you want to play from present history or, or past history, or, or shoot those characters so that you can display their accomplishments on screen? Anything like that that's a part of your future legacy uh, that we can look forward to? Yeah. I. Oscar Michaud. So I'm working on something with HBO to tell the story of Oscar Michaud. It was, um, he was the first African American to own his own studio, to do his own movies, to write novels. And I have such a kinship to his, his life and his story. It's really, really powerful. If you don't know who he is, you should look him up in history books. It's just what he was doing back in the 1930s and 40s is phenomenal. And to be at this moment now, yeah, it's, it's, uh, he, he's one that I look forward to. 
look for. I just read a great script about Nat King Cole too. I didn't. Even, I had no clue the the level of uh, fight he went through. So there's some great hero stories that need to be told. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Don't be nervous, girl. They're talking to the microphone. <laughs> Hi, right. Tyler. Hey. My name is Chrissy, and I am a YouTube creator, and it's an honor and a blessing to be here. I'm so humbled right now, and I'm a huge fan. Oh, my gosh. Like, back in high school, I did uh, – I'm sorry, I'm so nervous. But I did um, a play, well, a part for a play, and I had to audition, and I did the Helen part from Diary Mad Black Woman. Oh, you oh, know I'm about to ask you yes. to do that right now, oh. don't you? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Let me explain something to you. She remembers every oh, word. I love it. Uh, 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 uh. Old Helen is gone, and you are not going to talk to me like that. Now, I came here to help you, but now I'm going to get even. So, so shut up! <laughs> That's good. Y'all give her a hand. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love all of your movies. Thank and you. The, like the whole class died laughing when I did it because I was so extra with it. But um, I came here to ask, um, as a creator who's using her platform to build opportunities for herself because I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm just trying to, you know, step out of faith and do something that I love and I'm passionate about, but I'm also really passionate about acting. Like, that's always been my thing. That was my minor in high school. I mean, that was my minor in college. And with the way things are going, just seeing how influencers and YouTubers and social media um, influencers are getting these opportunities, like commercials, magazines, movie deals, like you guys. So proud of y'all. <laughs> they're getting these opportunities. So do you suggest, like... Just keep putting yourself out there and just hoping that opportunities come to you? Or do you suggest, like, I go the agency route? Or what's your suggestion? I, I think you do both. That? But, yeah, but but keep doing what you're doing. Be specific about what you're doing. Okay. And find that unique thing. Like, what is the thing that's going to make you stand out? What is that one thing that's going to make you uh that people notice and go viral. And those are the those are the moments that make things change. So yes. what is that thing? You know, and everybody has it. Yes. They just have to find what it is. And it's usually something that lots of people could connect to, yes. right? Laughter is always that. Yes. So if it's it's funny and it's amazing, it, people are always just I, I see clips of stuff that I've done and that make myself laugh from years ago that they've <laughs> somebody's put up on YouTube and you know it shows up in the middle of somebody's day. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, they're laughing. So whatever it is, stay specific to it. And agency route is not a bad route, but but I shouldn't say this because the agents will get mad at me. But <laughs> but um, th there's a shift. Things are changing. You know, things are changing. So just I don't know. You're in the right place. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Helen. You. Good job, <laughs> Helen. Shut up. Hi, Tyler. Hey. I'm Michelle. Um, thank you so much for being here. Definitely super nervous. I had to write my question down, too. Um, so, you know, being as ambitious and hungry as you are, I'm pretty sure that you're managing so many different competing priorities and responsibilities. How do you find time to, like, self-care and nourish so that you're able to, like, give back? I know how deeply rooted you are in faith and being a fa prayer warrior and, you yeah. know, aside from smoking the weed and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, how else um, yeah. <laughs> are you self-caring so that you can be, you know, this creative and caring and yeah. just giving this individual who gives back to so many? How do you give to yourself? I build in breaks. 
I work for really long, like three months at a time, like really, really hard. Day, night, let's go, let's go. I don't want a minute off. Just go, 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 go. But then I take three, four months off and do nothing. Just absolutely nothing. Just watch my beard grow. You know, just nothing. And and I think it's very important that you build in those breaks. And even if you can't, when you're working at a place like Google, you've got to be here a certain amount of time and you get a vacation and so, so often, you can still have places that are sanctuaries for you in your house. Just little things, man. You can have a little small room in the corner that is just like, this is my sanctuary. This is what I do for myself. You know, uh, you know, it's hot, soft bath and just relax and have a good time. But it's very important that you build in breaks for yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you, oh you, you, woke up? you woke up now? You woke up and sitting there sleeping halfway through all of it. Him, you, you back there too? I see, I see you got that no doze on. <laughs> no, I'm hey just guys, giving you a hard time. Um, my name is uh, Hela Sidibe. I'm originally from West Africa, Mali. This is not a question. I just want to say that your presence here is very motivating and DK for, for life, very motivating. So as a person coming from West Africa, Mali, there's a lot of ambitions and goals that I have in mind that I want to accomplish. And just the fact that I have you guys around and it's just like I'm over the moon. I just want to just share my gratitude and just it's making me feel like the sky is not even the limit. And there's so many things I want to accomplish and take it back home in Africa. Even though my parents are there, my whole family is there, I'm here to better myself. And if I can help my country along, that's what I want to do in this life. So thank you, guys. That's all. That's I incredible, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, guys, this is going to be the last question. OK, hello. So you can go take a nap. Uh, <laughs> hey, we both tired, man. Yeah, both, that's right. That's working. right. That's right. Um, I, I know you as like the TV mogul, the entertainer, producer, and everything like that. But I view you as as, as an entrepreneur, and this is just your industry that you decide to. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my question is, as an entrepreneur, here's the thing. We all look at all these entrepreneurs and whatnot, and we want to, oh, this person, uh, Elon Musk does this, or, you know, Jeff Bezos does this. It's easy to, to follow someone when, they're, when they made it. Right. So my question is back during your early days and your early times of how you struggle to kind of establish yourself as well documented. My question is, as an entrepreneur, what do you, what happened when you have to decide between being true to yourself, um, believing in yourself, and that decision of taking investors' money or, or, or that financial gain where you know your business will advance, but at the same time, being who you are and your foundation is shooken a little bit. And yeah. you have to kind of find a balance of, do I go left or right? The fork in the road of being an entrepreneur and what is best? for what you need to do. I'm a gut guy. Everything has always been about my gut. I'm like, how do I feel about this? In prayer, like, how do I feel about this? How do I feel? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? And listen to me. Here's the thing, people, when I say this, people don't, my agent clearly doesn't believe me, but but it's, it's I never chased the money. I was very focused on what I wanted to do. I knew I had something that was special, was going to help people, because uh, my first show was about adult survivors of child abuse, and I thought 1,200 people would come the first weekend, and only 30 showed up. But out of that 30, it helped somebody. So that was my focus. That was always my focus. So as long as I kept my eye on what my focus was, the money came. Everything else fell in place. So don't deviate from the focus. There have been moments that I've had to turn down things. I mean, there was this one deal I'll never forget, was so good. But for me, it just didn't feel right. Um, one, it, it was two and a half men, uh, uh, Chuck Lorre, who did two and a half men, Roseanne, we were working on a sitcom together, and it just didn't feel right for me. And I had this deal, I was locked in, I just, everything in me, I was just praying that the deal didn't happen because it didn't feel right. Everybody in my age is, oh my God, you're gonna make so much money, so much money, but it just didn't feel right. So when the deal fell apart, I was so happy and so relieved because out of that house of pain, uh, have and have nots, meet the Browns, all of these shows were born. And the difference is I own all of them. 
in that show, I wouldn't have owned anything. So, so that that made the difference. So, go with how you feel about it, man. That's what is this? What does this feel like? Does it feel right? And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. No matter what it is, no matter how much money it is, and I know it's hard for for a lot of people to wait. They just owed me three million dollars, and I got to that two dollars and fifty cents in the bank. You think I'm not gonna take this money? But but it's got to be. What you feel? Because had I had I taken that show, my life would be very different. Ownership would be very different. I would have never been able to own the studio. I would never have been able to hire all the people that I've hired and help all the people and make as many millionaires as I have because I would have been tied to someone else owning my intellectual property. So ownership is the key. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback about this or any other episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit g.co slash talks at Google slash podcast feedback to leave your comments. And to discover more amazing content, you can always find us at youtube.com slash talks at Google or through our Twitter handle at Google Talks. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.